crew all season long on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Now, live from American Family Field, here's your host, Dominic Catronio. Oy, 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 oy. Come on. <laughs> Just you're pulling your hair out, man. I don't even have any hair. 4 1 the loss today to the Pirates. It's a split. In the big picture, the Reds lost again today. The Cubs uh, against the Braves, they have a 6-4 lead right now in the bottom of the eighth. So it looks like those two teams are going to flip positions for second place by the end of the day. As you begin this 50-game sprint to finish the season, the Brewers end up uh, losing to the Pirates to split against these guys. And uh, I'm going to eat crow on my uh, bold ask of the Brewers in this four-game series uh, for series, I should say, against teams that they should be playing better baseball against, losing a series against the Nationals, splitting a series against the Pirates. The Rockies have been playing decently as of late. Then you'll go down to Chicago with the White Sox. So, uh, so much for making predictions to go 10-3 and because that ain't happening at this point. The Brewers are now in these last uh, seven games are 3-4. and four. And it, it's frustrating. It's... At some points, infuriating almost, but it's so hard sometimes to see the big picture. And it's not going to be all sunshine and, and, and roses and lollipops here tonight, but the Brewers, you don't get this many get-out-of-jail-free cards. You have to, I mean, you, you score one run, and it's a run that should have never scored because it was a throwing error by Key Brian Hayes, and the run comes in to score unearned. It should have been a 4 nothing shutout today. Okay, yesterday you got bailed out by the rookies, Sal Freelich and, and Blake Perkins. Uh, you scored four runs in the last 19 innings. Four runs in the last 19 innings. And it goes further back even to the last three innings of the game on Friday, too. That's not going to win games. And if you can't do that against the Pirates and against Johan Oviedo, how are Brewers fans supposed to expect you to do it in the playoffs when, let's say, if the Brewers are going to be facing the Cubs, if, if the Cubs are a wild card team and the Brewers are the central winners. Justin Steele has owned the Brewers his entire career. Kyle Hendricks, we know what he does against the Brewers, especially on opening days. And Marcus Stroman? It, it's, a, it's another one of those alarm clocks, like we've talked about throughout the season. This has to be an alarm clock for the Brewers. Hey, hit the button. Don't hit snooze. Hit the button, turn it off, and get up out of bed. The offense is what's bringing this team back. We can't even start the show by talking about how great Brandon Woodruff was and how phenomenal that is to have him back, how important that is to have him back. He's going to have 10 more starts here if all go according to plan in these final 50 games. It doesn't matter how many starts he has if he's going to get zero runs of support. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. That's the call and text line. Let, let's keep it cordial, keep it real. Craig Kishan's going to join us here in just a little bit as well. I, I just want to take a, a wider scope view here at last season to this season. Last season, fans were begging, stop being so homer or bust. Stop being so homer or bust. The Brewers listened, adapted. They went with some more uh, on-base-oriented, contact-oriented lineup. At least at the start of the year, it looked like the power was going to come from Adamas, Telez, and Winker. And obviously it hasn't come 
in the form that the Brewers had expected. But I look at today's lineup, and I know the rookies have performed their way into the order. You still need to hit home runs to win games. And the top of the order, Yelich and Contreras have pop, and you know the fact that your leadoff hitter is leading and runs batted in, and he's second in home runs kind of tells you a lot about what this team's gone through. Now, Rowdy has been hurt. Rowdy has not had a great season. The Rowdy hasn't hit a homer since May. And he'll, he'll be coming back at some point next week. He is headed to Nashville to start a rehab assignment on Tuesday. He could be back over the weekend against the White Sox. That remains to be seen. But this, this lineup doesn't have any thump in it. Especially in the middle of the order. And that will lead us to a Willie Adamas conversation that we're going to save for Craig Kishon when he joins the show once his television duties are done. And William, yeah, it was a boneheaded mistake to round second and go for third and he wasn't quite busting his tail out of the box but I think he was expecting a double and then when he saw the ball get by both fielders I think he misread the ball getting away from the center fielder Shalinski and it really didn't get away from him and uh, he gets thrown out at third base that's a mistake that a pressing offense makes trying to create something that doesn't need to have he's in scoring position on second with two outs you don't need to get the third there you don't this team's pressing, and they're making mistakes. Willie Adamas in a cleanup spot. Another 0 for today. He's 0 for his last 17 with runners in scoring position. Willie Adamas is. 0 for his last 17. There's, there's, there's not a threat right now. There's nobody I look at in the middle of this order right now. Now, this could change, and it has to change if the Brewers are going to be legitimate threats in the postseason if they get there. In the middle of this order, it's it's contact. And it's singles. It's frustrating. It's it's totally, totally frustrating. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. All the pitching has been so good. So good. Brandon Woodruff hasn't pitched in four months, and he went five innings, nine strikeouts, didn't walk a batter, two wall scraper home runs. He did his job today, man. I thought that was going to uplift this dugout. And for some reason, it didn't. Let's get to the phone lines here as we wait on Craig Deshaun. Uh, let's get to Chad and Sheboygan. You are live here on Brewers Extra Innings. Uh, yeah, I just want to express my concerns with their inability, you know, alluding back to, like, the Willie Adamas stuff and just many other players. Even last night's game, we had bases loaded twice late in the game, once with no outs, once with one out, and we can't even bunt the guy home. We can't get a, a sack fly out and get a guy home. Um, and like you said, against uh, losing teams, teams that are probably not even going to make the playoffs, and if we can't get it done against them, like you said, how are we going to do it against teams like how we looked against Atlanta? There's no reason a professional team, no matter who's in that order, can't get one fly ball out to at least get one run in when you get bases loaded with nobody out. Agreed. Agreed entirely there, Chad. It's it's a, a, a slump of all slumps, to say the least, but it's also at this point, I mean, it's August. It's who they are. It's been the, it's been the question all year. And it needs to turn around in these last 49 games. I know the Reds lost again today. They're on a six-game losing streak. I'm still scared of that offense, right? It's the pitching that's holding them back right now. The Cubs, they're flying high right now. The Cubs are coming, man. Look out. By the way, that game has gone final. So the Cubs did beat the Braves. They will flip the Reds in the uh, standings. So the Cubs are now 58-54. and 54. They are now in second place here in the Central, while the Reds fall to uh, 
I beg your pardon. They're one game back still. One game back. 59 and 55, 58 and 54, the current records. One game back. But I mean, you look at it after winning three out of four, the Cubs are, are a serious threat right now. I know the Reds are going to get back into it, but uh, I am not excited about what's to come down the stretch here uh, facing those teams because they are going to be stressful games. Uh, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. You get to these texts in the next segment. Before we go to break, I want to get to Charlie and Oshkosh. You've been waiting patiently. Charlie, you're live on Brewers Extra Innings. Hi, Dom. Thanks for taking my call. Um, yeah, and even that exciting win last night, I thought that's got to fire him up. Woodruff coming back today. Um, I guess every game is its own entity, I guess. But um, do you think it's philosophy a little bit or whatever? I mean, players leave. You know, Orlando Arcia is doing really well with Atlanta, even, I know, short sample size, but Urias is hitting a little bit with Boston for Pete's sake. So, and they come here. I know they're really pressing with two outs and Contreras trying to go to the third. So I don't know if it's philosophy. Players leave, players come, they struggle. If they're all, you know, just in the same boat, so to speak. I know it's very hard to hit major league pitching, but uh, comment on that philosophy and hitting, coaching, um, but and answer me why, or if you have an idea, why is Adamas? I know he's good on defense, but why is he batting fourth all yeah, the time? Uh, yeah, I agree with that for sure. I appreciate the call. Uh, we're going to save the Adamas conversation when Craig joins us once his TV stuff is done. But when it comes to the philosophy stuff, I, I don't disagree. I'm not going to blatantly outward ever call for somebody's job. I'm never going to do that. Okay, If you want that, go somewhere else. I'm not that guy. Uh, I've been in baseball my literally my entire life. I will never do that uh, as far as... But I, at the end of the day, this is a performance-based business. And the performances aren't there. And you look at... Uh, RC is a great example. I was literally, at, at the start of this show, I was clicking around his baseball reference page. Now, 2020 is weird. 2020, everyone gets a pass. That was an odd year. His last full season with the Brewers, with the juiced ball season in 2019, he played in 152 games as a 24-year-old. He hit 223 that year with a 633 OPS. Okay? Remember those numbers. 633 OPS, 223 batting average. Willie Adamas, right now, as I'm pulling it up, his batting average is sitting at just 203. His OPS is under 700 as well. They let Arcia go. Adamas has still got one more year. And the defense has been great. But, I mean, it's August. The numbers don't lie, man. They're going to need him to, to turn it up, but I, I don't think it needs to be in the cleanup spot. I really don't. Philosophy-wise, that's kind of what I was getting to earlier, you know. You said he didn't want home run or bust, and now this team doesn't have any homers. There have been injuries. I don't want to just bash them while they're down. And in the the big picture view of this, in the moment, yes, the offense is the number one most pressing need. In the big picture, you have been using up a lot of -of get-out-of-jail-free cards and jokers in the deck. You've been somehow surviving some losses against teams that you should be beating. And in the big picture, you say, we got away with it, but the adjustment has to come ASAP. We're going to take our first break here. Uh, get to a more text here in the next segment. I want to remind you, though, 
that Brewers extra innings all season long is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank. With a local Milwaukee team, Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value that only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. I'll get to these texts, 855-616-1620. We'll wait on Craig here in a little bit longer. Stay with us, Brewers Extra Innings. You're listening to Brewers Extra Innings, presented by Fifth Third Bank on WTMJ. Brewers lose today by a final of 4-1. to one. Yeah, I forgot <laughs> blank that that run did score in the uh, ninth inning as the Brewers split the series with the Pirates. Look, we're, we're being stern. We're being a little tough love right now here on the program. I'm Dominic Catronio. But again, we're going to look at the standings. The Brewers will be in first place at the end of the day. Regardless, now that the Cubs have gone final, they win. The Reds lost. They've lost six in a row. We can sit here and cry over spilt milk and say, oh, what an opportunity the Brewers missed up. Yeah, they missed it. They missed this opportunity to gain ground and get away from the Reds, and they have it. But let's clean up the milk, grab the bounty. Let's go get another quart from the, from the grocery store and move on, okay? Because the offense needs it, – it, it's going to be a, a moment in – you know, honestly, the 14-1 to game Thursday was kind of the worst thing that could have happened where you have all that offense. Someone tweeted me, like, guaranteed they're going to score, like, one or two runs for the rest of the game. And I, I wanted to reply so bad saying, you're probably right. And they were. But I would rather see, like, a sustained 7 to nothing game where it's like they go, you know, 5 for 10 with runners scoring position, hit a bunch of doubles, not so much home runs, and just – Pressure, 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 pressure. Not a blowout, right? And have it just continually add and build, not have a couple of massive innings and be the difference of it. I, I just want to see the Brewers have string together multiple at-bats with runners in scoring position and string together multiple appearances and chances to get some runs home. Get some of these texts here, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Dave from Aaron, I don't get it. The Brewers never do anything substantial in trades. And aside from going to the NLCS versus the Dodgers, what have we done? Nothing. It's frustrating. I'm going to push back on the nothing part. The hitting part, they tried they've trying Santana and Canna. It, it's it's one of those it's like grade school, right? Hey, just turn in the homework. It's better than a zero. Even if you didn't finish it. It's better than a zero, right? Getting Santana and Canna is better than nothing. With Telez being injured and he's not back till at least another week. And he hadn't been performing well. And it shores up first base because Owen Miller had really slumped in June and July. So he's down in Nashville right now. The Brewers are throwing a lot up at the wall right now. Just none of it's sticking. And they are trying to make trades. It's just that this market has to operate understanding they can't trade Jackson Chorio. They cannot. That kid is going to be an everyday outfielder by the end of next season. He's 19 years old. He has set a double-A teenager home run record this year. He will be in the big leagues by the end of next season. You're not trading that guy. Jefferson Caro has been rated to me by some scouts saying that he is maybe the best catcher in minor league baseball, and people forget he's only 20 years old. You're not trading that guy either. Mizorowski dazzled at the Futures game. He's going to be up soon. He's in double-A right now. Tyler Black just finally got promoted to triple-A. Can't wait to see him. Maybe he's going to be a spark at the end of the year. 
Tyler Black's got an over 450 op- uh, on base. He's been incredible this season, and he's going to be a big factor to this team. You can't trade him either. And let's be honest, too, when it comes to trades at this deadline, the best hitter that was traded was Jamer Candelario. And even then, the Brewers would have had to make the decision. There would have been a ripple effect there. If you bring in Jamer Candelario, he plays third. That means Andre Monasterio, who had been hitting, he's in a little bit of a cold stretch right now. Andre Monasterio would then have to play second base, which means Bryce Terang's glove is out of the lineup. See the domino effect there. And then you, you get a little crowded. and you got to figure out what to do, and Bryce has been swinging better lately. So Jamer Candelario is, the, is a rental, and the only good bat, you know, can't miss. Like, this guy's having a great year. He's the number one bat available that got traded. It was all pitching heavy this year. And I, I give the Brewers credit for trying something. They've got 49 games to see if it will stick. Uh, as far as the playoffs, yeah, they, they've won one playoff game since being one game away from the World Series. That's a fair criticism. I, I'm here to listen to that as well. But you got to get in and see what happens with the crew. Again, we're waiting on Craig Kishon to join us here on WTMJ. Get to the phone lines again, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Karen calling in from uh, Upper Michigan. I, is that the UP or Upper Michigan? To Karen, thanks for joining us here on Brewers Extra Innings. Hi, I'm calling because I, I was at the game, and I'm wondering why when the players are not performing, why doesn't Craig Council pull those and put in some replacements to try to get the game moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a fair question. Uh, I think the the Brewers, you look at their bench today, uh, they had their backup catcher, Victor Caratini. They had Tyrone Taylor, you know, fourth outfielder type. You had Blake Perkins, yesterday's hero. And then you had Brian Anderson. And I'm going to be completely honest, Karen. I'm not sure. Now, Willie Adams is a separate situation. I'm not sure any of those four at-bats are going to be better than what's in the current lineup. Now, performance, you're right. There have been some offers. There have been some colder stretches. But when I look at this lineup, there's always a consequence of defense, right? Yelich and Gutierrez, they're never getting pinch hit for. Santana, it creates a hole at first base because he's your only true first baseman on this roster right now. So he's tough to pinch hit for right now, but at least he got a knock late. Adamas, you would have to move Terang from second to short, then move somebody to second base. But Adamas... It's a bigger conversation to be had with Craig Kashan here shortly. Sal Freelich's not coming out of the lineup, if you ask me. Mark Canna, I could see Tyrone Taylor hitting for him, but then you get into the, okay, right-on-right situation. What do you do there? Uh, Bryce Terang, we've seen the platoon switches there with Monasterio coming in if he's off the bench, but Monasterio was in today. I guess the point I'm making is I don't think it, the bench is better than what's in the starting lineup. As we welcome in Craig Kashan now here on WTMJ. Craig, I, it's been... You know, I know you've been doing television. I know you've been probably saying a lot of the same things I've been saying, but uh, it, it, it all comes down to the offense. We, we, we haven't even had a chance to talk about how good Brandon Woodruff was today. And you know me, I'm a positive guy. I want to talk about the positive stuff, but the offense is taking center stage right now, scoring only four runs in the last 19 innings. That's not going to win you games, and it's not going to have teams take you seriously in a playoff race. Well, you know, and that that's true. And here's the other thing about it. How, how do they get 14 runs against the same pitching staff on Thursday? And then it, it just dramatically almost disappears uh, over the next three games. That That's the thing that gets me is, you know, you just hammered this pitching staff on Thursday and you had a great comeback uh, in yesterday's game as well. 
And I think the thing that we were clamoring about last night on our postgame show, too, besides the great win last night, was how important it was to give Brandon Woodruff some run support. I mean, he completely held his own in this game, and you got to feel for him a little bit. I know we're going to talk more about his performance and stuff, but um, you you do have to feel for him a little bit that uh, he didn't get any run support at all while he was out there. Let's uh, let's go ahead and get the Willie Adamas conversation, you know, right here at the top with you, Craig, because that's the number one question anyone's asking. Uh, it's the number one question on the text line right now, 855-616-1620. The Willie Adamas question, why is he batting cleanup? Uh, we have continually heard from Craig Council. The reason is he they've seen him get hot. They've seen they know what he can do. They like to have him in the middle of the order. But I'm at this point, I, I'm, I'm very honest and very you know just kind of open about my takes when it comes to this like I'm a positive guy but Willie's a positive guy too I think it's now hurting him to see him in the cleanup spot every day because he's in the box and it's 0-2 and and it's over with he's 0 for his last 17 with runners in scoring position give the dude a chance to bat 7th or 8th and get some breath and get up for air or at least a day off please because I'm at the point of definition of insanity where I can't explain it why they're putting him at the cleanup spot. Well, I think first and foremost, and I've, I've been I've been suggesting this for a while, and and you know we're we're just we just do the show, and I, and I get what everybody's going through in the organization and and down in that clubhouse with a guy that's got so much talent and looked absolutely superb right before the All Star break and a drop off uh, just because there was the All Star break and come back and not be able to produce is, is as perplexing as it gets. Everybody needs a day off to clear their head. And that just, I think it just has to be recognized for the player's sake. Um, and, and some managers have given guys of Willie's talent two days off or, or tried to tried to piece something together where he doesn't basically have to play baseball or think about things for a couple of days on the field. And uh, I mean, look, it, it's it's nothing new in the world. We all need a break sometimes. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on these guys. It's pressure time now. We're in the month of August. So that's what I would like to see first and foremost. Um, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I am a little surprised that he, he continues to bat fourth. But you, you get to days like, like we've seen the last three games, Dom, and I'm not sure where it matters that he bats right now. They they have to figure out something where they're stringing things together and keeping the line moving. And, and that's been, uh, strangely enough, their most challenging thing this whole season. It's, it's going to be the story of the year, whether or not the Brewers get in, get out, whatever, whatever their final round of success ends up being, what happened to Willie Adamas? And we've, we've talked about it over and over and over and over again. This team needs Willie Adamas to succeed. I mean, he made a couple of nice plays at short today again today. I mean, his, he is still one of the best defensive shortstops in the National League. And there's nobody on this team I would rather have at shortstop. But the bat just makes you so worried that, man, we've seen this dude go off before. What has happened? And I'm also going to be the guy to put my hand up and say, look, I was sitting here banging the drum for Christian Yelich the last year plus, saying this dude is showing signs of life. This dude is still hitting the ball hard. This dude is still you know, a strike zone disciplinarian, and he's still able to recognize a ball from strike. 
in all honesty, I'm not seeing that from Willie Adamas right now, and it truly scares me. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're similar situations, but they're not. That's for sure. And, again, just, just seeing Willie play so well and, and have such good plate discipline, discipline right before um, the All-Star break and, and to see this fall off here right now, I, I don't know. It's unexplainable. And, and quite frankly, I know, I know you just referenced it. We've been talking about it, you know, for a stretch here in the second half of the season and I mean, I, I'm out of I'm out of answer suggestions, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I don't know what more to say. Uh, I mean, this club's got to figure something out, though, and this is what they get paid the big bucks to do. It's a it's a results oriented business, as we've said over and over and over again. Uh, we're up against the break, Kyle. I see you on the line. I'm going to get to you coming up after the break. Uh, the easiest player of the game pick ever. It's brought to you by the Salvation Army. Every day, the Salvation Army provides shelter, meals, and support to those in need. And your donations make a difference. Visit samilwaukee.org today. Johan Oviedo said, "Here it is," and hit it. And the Brewers could not. Seven shutout innings, just two hits, three walks, and six strikeouts. Oviedo gets his sixth win of the season. Up against the break here with Craig Kishan. Stay with us, WTMJ. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. All right, it's a venting session here on WTMJ today. I'm Dominic Catronio with Craig Kishan. They're fighting my spirit here, Craig, but I'm trying to stay positive, man. I'm trying to be real, but I'm trying to stay positive, man. Ah! It's just, hey, just, let me let me just say this. You you had all the positive energy that comes out of your body yesterday, so I'll, I'll give you that. You can go on your rants today. I, I get it, Dom. You did a really good job yesterday, trust me. Oh, thank you, man. I'm trying to stay positive, man. Twitter's a hellscape right now. It's brutal. But uh, I want to get to Kyle uh, from Queens actually calling in. Kyle, you waited patiently through the break. You're live on Brewers Extra Innings. Oh, my gosh. I agree, Don. Sometimes you go on a rant on Twitter and you see one person post and another person. But uh, thank you for letting me be on the venting session. Yes, you are right, my friend. Not many Brewer fans that are in Queens, New York. I'm literally, nope, like probably half a mile from City Field where the Mets play. But uh, similar to Craig, you, my friend, I'm a UW-Whitewater grad as well. I graduated eight years ago from Whitewater. Now I live in Queens. How about that? Congrats, man. Go Warhawks. Yeah, go Warhawks. Hey, I, I just got to ask you, though, like what gets me so frustrated about this team is just the offense lineup. And sometimes I just feel this lineup has poor IQ or just they're so undisciplined. They don't bunt. They don't move run, runners over. They get very impatient at the play. A 2-0 and count, Willie Swings, or I think yesterday was a 2-0 count. Santana pop up to the catcher. And is this a coaching problem? Is this a talent problem? Just on both of your sides, because it's been like this for the past four years. And there are players like, I know it's an outlier, but like Arcia, who has left the Brewers, and he's done very well. I know now he's the eighth, ninth best hitter on a team that's fully loaded. But is there anything you can do now to fix this? Or do you have a lot of guys like, I think of Taylor, Adamas, Telez, Anderson, Owen Miller, Caratini, Luis Urias, Winker, like a lot of these guys that on any other team, they're utility players. So you're just, they have low ceilings and you have unrealistic expectations and working with the best right. of it. Anyway, yeah. thanks for letting me rant on the venting hour and taking my call. 
All right, you got it. Thanks for calling in there, Kyle. But I think, Craig, I'll go first on this. He was on to something there about the low ceiling thing. The Brewers and their market, and I'm not going to let this become a money conversation, okay? I'm not going to let that happen. But this front office has to maneuver in a way that we have heard over and over again about who they can afford, who they can go get, and what's available on the market. They were banking on a bounce-back season from Jesse Winker. They did not get one. Uh, They have got the guy that they expected in William Contreras being a good hitter, and he's become a great defender. They've got Christian Yelich back, and he's been awesome, and he's been phenomenal. But part of the reason Rowdy Telez was available back in 2021 is because the Blue Jays felt he couldn't play every day, and he has struggled playing every day in the last year and a half or so with the Brewers. Uh, You look at Andre Monasterio, a career minor leaguer, bouncing around from team to team. He was acquired because he was, you know, considered, hey, you know, We'll see what happens. And Blake Perkins, cool moment yesterday. Career minor leaguer. Had never played in the show prior to this year. This is how the Brewers maneuver on the fringes, on the edges. And if you're not getting a lot out of those guys, it feels worse. But in the reality is getting them into shape and into the big leagues is is truly a win. And the Brewers have a track record of doing so. But this season, a lot of what they've been banking on just hasn't materialized. And it does come down to coaching. Well, uh, I think, you know, I, I think you do that and then, and then you add these rookies who are really talented yet are experiencing their first games in the major leagues here this season and going through that first year. And, and there are very few really talented rookies who have really good first years in the majors. I think it's, I think it, for the most part, it's a buildup. And so that's what I'm hoping for with these young guys. And there's more to come. That's the good news there. Um, I, I think the one thing, you know, Dom, that that does uh, surprise me a little bit or makes me, you know, question a little bit uh, over the last three or four years, we have seen the pitching staff be able to be developed, um, not only within, but um, bringing guys in that you you may see something that have, has failed with another team, younger guys like we're seeing with uh, Piguero and Piams, for example, here this season. I think my question is how come that hasn't happened on the offensive side? You know, it's a franchise thing. It's an organizational thing. And and I know they're working towards it, but either it hasn't happened yet or it's not going to happen. And, and they're waiting for this, this turn of having these, these young position guys who can hit, get through to the big leagues now. And it, it's going to be, you know, probably within the next year or so before this roster is going to be overloaded with guys that they drafted and developed and, and will be talented major league baseball players. So I don't know if we have to hang another year uh, like this, taking chances on certain veterans to help fill gaps or how that's going to go. But I think the bottom line, they have developed some tremendous pitching and I think the goal now has got to be to, to develop tremendous hitting now. Indeed, to say the least. Want to get real quick to the phone lines here. Brian here in Tosa, you are live on Brewers Extra Innings. Uh, Thanks for taking my call, Dom. Um, Look at the Cubs. I looked at their starting lineup today. Seven out of the nine were above 250, and a lot of them 270 on up. Um, Their pitching, their starting pitching is not as good as us, but it's not bad. Their relief pitching is questionable, but we got six games left with them. 
it's going to be, I don't know. Uh, the way we're playing, yeah. and we got a tough schedule coming up. We got, you know, Texas, and I think the Dodgers on the road. We got the Yankees yet in September on the road. I, I'm concerned. Uh, and I think the hitting coaches need to be addressed, and maybe it's midseason, but other teams fire them. Something's wrong, and we got to do something about it. We're not Tampa Bay yet. Tampa Bay develops players, and look where they're at. Uh, mm-hmm. We're trying to be a Tampa Bay, but we got a ways to go. So thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I appreciate the honesty there. Thanks for calling in. I, I think when it comes to the Cubs, yeah, I'm very worried. <laughs> I'm very worried. They're playing some great baseball right now. I watched as much of that Red Series as I could uh, this past midweek, and, man, they were they were lighting it up. Uh, somebody asked yesterday, who do you feel is more of a threat, the Cubs or the Reds? And I just answered yes, but obviously this changes day to day. And, Craig, I, I, I feel like the Cubs are a legitimate threat because they've been there before. If I had to pick one of the two, the rookies on the Reds don't know any better. David Bell has never managed in this situation before. Uh, David Ross has won a World Series and done it before. I, I'm certainly worried about the Cubs if the Brewers continue to put out uh, what they've been doing offensively as of late. Yeah, I agree. The The one team that um, you, you definitely have to look over your shoulder is definitely the Cubs. And if for nothing else, they have done their part to emerge within the division. And there are still six games remaining, right? Is it seven or six? I, I don't know off the top of six my head. Games. but there Yeah, six three games in Wrigley, remaining. three at the end of the year here at American Family Field. And so what the Brewers have uh, a game lead in the season series right now. So at the very worst, you split that, try to win the season series like they did against the Reds. But they don't play the Reds anymore. So to me, that's that's total rearview mirror. Just take care of your business. Uh, but the Cubs are right there. Their offense is really good. Um, their starting staff, uh, a little bit in disarray with Stroman out here right now. And I don't think you can bank on on that bullpen. You just can't bank overall on anybody's pitching staff like you can with the Brewers. On the flip side, though, the Brewers just aren't scoring the runs almost at will the way the Chicago Cubs are. It's been a a wild ride, to say the least. And to address Brian's second half about the hitting coaches and what do you do, and there's a big text that just came in here about the hitting coaches. I don't see the Brewers making a move like that in the middle of the year, Uh, but I remind folks there's plenty of precedent on this. Heck, Andy Haynes was in the other dugout this series. Uh, Andy Haynes, of course, the Brewers hitting coach that they uh, let go when they hired Ozzie Timmons and Connor Dawson. So there's certainly precedent. I don't see them doing it in the middle of a season. Uh, I don't see Al Buff suddenly showing up from Nashville anytime soon. But the point is, there's precedent. I don't know what the future holds, but results speak for themselves. Hey, Craig, I know we didn't really talk about the game today, but I just want to get, get you on your way and at least give us Something of your take about Brandon Woodruff today and how great he was and just the the warm and fuzzies, if you will, to, to see him back on the field. And uh, I, I'm just thrilled that Brandon Woodruff uh, is back in this rotation for the final 50 games. Well, I mean, I saw confidence first and foremost and, and the ability to deliver, um, the ability to basically control the game. I know he gave up two solo home runs, but every single really good pitcher would, would take that any, any time. The, the solo home runs, if that's all you're going to give up is two runs over five, maybe six innings if he stretches it out to six next time. Um, the, the strikeouts to start the game, I mean, this is all-star performance here right now, and this, this just reeked of I'm going to take this team and put it on my back type of performance. So that's how I looked at it today. Yes, it was uh, disappointing to lose, 
but quite honestly, it doesn't feel like it in my book because of how well he performed for the first time on a major league diamond in four months. So I, I'm all good, man. I am all good and can't wait to see what this starting this starting rotation healthy does moving forward. Yeah, it's been awesome to uh, see him get healthy, Miley get healthy. Ten more starts with him, hopefully. Ten more starts with Burns. Ten more starts with Miley. Uh, I'm excited. And ten more starts in Peralta, so maybe things can get back in the right direction. Thanks you for, as always, Craig. I know it was a little different show today. We've got a lot of callers, a lot of frustration, a little venting session here today, but uh, I guess that's why uh, folks, first, you know, they, they respect us, and I, I love listening to the fan perspective because sometimes we get a little, uh, you know, rose-colored glasses on from time to time. Then a game like this happens, and we go like, yeah, let, let's take a hard look in the mirror here and fix this. Good stuff. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I, I get the fans, you know, perspective on things too. And I would I would invite those who maybe haven't called before to to give us a call, shoot us a text the the rest of the way. I think it's going to be a fun ride. I really do. 855-616-1620. Just save it in your phone. WTMJ, 855-616-1620. Craig and Sean, thank you as always, my friend. All right. Talk later, Dom. All right, we'll have more to come here. Uh, we didn't really talk the difference-making moment, but the difference-making moment was brought to you by the by Annex Wealth Management. Investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Forget commission sales pitches and financial products you don't need. Know the difference. Annex provides elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need. AnnexWealth.com. It's the Brian Reynolds penchant to run homer. That's the difference-making moment. You feel like you can come back from down to nothing again, but being down... Uh, four nothing with two innings to go. It it just felt deflating. You could hear a pin drop in this ballpark. That was certainly the difference making moment. Take a break and come back with more. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. Again, eight five five six one six one six twenty. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Now more Brewers Extra Innings presented by Fifth Third Bank on WTMJ. And don't just ruin my day. Not just the loss, obviously. Four to one, the the loss today. Uh. Woodruff gets a loss. Man, I, I, I just forgot. I don't know. Yeah, obviously, he gets a loss. But it's just like, man, nine strikeouts, struck out the first five batters he faced, and he gets a loss. He didn't deserve that. Like Burns, he gets a no decision yesterday. He didn't deserve that either. But onward, we go. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. Aaron in Illinois, very disappointing series, considering the last two starting pitches we faced were, what, 5-18? and 18? Woody was definitely a bright spot. Agree with you about not trading Turio or Quero. No way. And Adamas needs to move down. Maybe not. Appreciate it, Aaron. Uh, thanks for texting in. Mark and River West, if when the Pirates are that good, they can make mince meat about out of the Brewers. Why is their record worse than ours? Well, some teams got your number. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what it is. I mean, granted, the Brewers have played solid baseball against the, the Pirates up until, uh, you know, I would say Thursday uh, uh, against the the Pirates. Remember, they'd only lost one game against the Pirates heading into Friday's game, and now they've lost two of their last three. And they're still, they've still won the season series against them. But, yeah, it's it feels worse in the moment because it's a split. But I'm going to continue to have the glass half full, even though somebody took a big gulp out of it, that the big picture is the Brewers are in first place. It's not, it's, there's not an unlimited amount of get-out-of-jail-free cards, but... This is a case for the crew that let, let let let's see it. You know this this team wants something to cheer about. Uh, this fan base wants something to cheer about and believe. And I I just hope that it happens sooner as opposed to later. And it's not too little too late for the crew. Uh, the 
coaching argument, I'm just going to address this real quick about hitting coaches and things of that nature. I, I don't see the Brewers making an in-season change. I just don't. I know they will be assessed coming up in the offseason. I'm not going to be the guy that screams and bangs on the chest and, and, and you know just says, fire up that. I'm not that guy. I will never be that guy. I have conversations with Connor Dawson and Ozzie Timmons, and as badly as you want everyone to succeed and you think it, it can work and you you know, you know leave a great session about him hitting off the team, he had a great session, then he goes out and goes 0-4 and you feel that's the life of a hitting coach, man. You have a great session, the guy's dialed in, and then he sees 10 consecutive slides. It's just, it's hard as a hitting coach, but I understand this is results and there's, someone needs a scapegoat and it's easier to get rid of a coach or a manager than it is to get rid of an entire team. So I get the frustration. I see it. I understand it. You got 49 games to go. Maybe something is going to come out of this, but I I don't see an in-season change happening. Not because it's not going, you know, it's not going well. Yeah, it's not going well at all. But I'm saying that seismic of a shift this late in the season, I I just don't see it happening. Uh, Take a quick uh, second here to tell you that Brewers Extra Innings is brought to you by Hupe and Abraham. Uh, For every double play the Brewers turn this season, Hupe and Abraham will donate $100 to Feeding America Eastern Wisconsin. And remember, if you're injured or in an accident, call Hupe and Abraham. Winner, it's free, guaranteed. The winning team, Hupe and Abraham, H-U-P-Y dot com. Looking at the line score today, too, looking at the box as the Brewers fall in this one, Willie 0 for 4, Freelick 0 for 3 with a walk, Canna 0 for 4, Monasterio 0 for 3 with a walk. I mean, that's your 4, 5, 6, 7 right there in the middle of the order, as we've said a lot. Them not getting a single hit now. Granted, the Brewers only had four hits total today. It's not just them, but Yelly went 0 for 4 today, too. When it's cold, it's cold, man. It's ice cold. The Brewers need to find a way to make their bad games into meh games. Their bad games are one or zero runs. They need the bad games to be like two or three runs and give themselves a chance, whereas it feels like their good games lately have been four or five runs. So I don't know what to make of it with the offense at this point. As I've said numerous times on this show throughout the season, you've been listening all year, it feels like the definition of insanity. I, I can't. I, I don't know what else there is to do at this point. They've acquired new bats. They're trying to get things going. But, hey, there's 49 games to figure it out. So might as well figure it out. Let's take a quick quick breather. Come back. We're going to hear from the manager, Craig Council, coming up next. A short and sweet session with the manager on Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings. I'm Dom Catronio. Thanks for joining us. This has been uh, quite the show, a venting session. I appreciate everybody's honesty. I hope you uh, understand that, hey, this is a frustrating loss. But the reason why you want to vent is because you know this team is better than what they've been playing. And I think the Brewers know that, too. And I think you know that. And they want to see this team charge into the postseason, not get in because of other teams' uh, performances, right? The Reds on a six-game losing streak. The Cubs survived against the Braves, and they're now two games back. But it's... It's just, it's just, I can't explain it anymore. I'm losing my mind. It's tough, man. It's tough to be a positive guy all the time. Let's get to the phone lines once again before we hear from Craig Council. Rob in Wisconsin Rapids, you're live on Brewers Extra Innings. Hi there. How you doing? I'm great, man. How about you? <laughs> well, yeah, frustrated like everybody else. But for the last month or two months, I have been talking 
and just nobody wants to listen to me anymore. What is Willie Adamas doing in the starting offense of a, of a major league baseball team? He is awful. I looked at his stat, stats recently. Of all uh, major league shortstops, he is the worst hitting uh, uh, major league shortstop right now. Defensively, everybody talks about his great defense. He is 17th out of 22 uh, registered shortstops in major league baseball. He's altogether a lousy shortstop. Craig Council needs to wake up and say, Willie, go, let's see what you can do in Biloxi and get rid of him. That's all I have to say. Thank you. The only thing I want to push back on, what was the defense number you're saying, 17th out of 22? Sorry, he dropped. Oh, he dropped. All right. Well, I... I don't know where he's getting that defense number because I'm going to pull up the uh, defense for you right here. I am going to agree with everything on the offense. The offense has been a very bad right now for Willie. And when it comes to the defense, the reason why he's in the lineup is because of his defense. Same reason why Joey Weimer had been in the lineup for so long is because of his defense. And Joey Weimer hasn't had a great rookie year, but he's a rookie. He gets that excuse. Uh, Willie Adamas is eighth among all qualified shortstops in outs above average. He's at plus six there. When it comes to uh, defensive runs saved, um, pulling it up here on Fangraph. Stay with me. Check, check, check. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Uh, when we come to defensive runs saved, he is plus five. So that means he is an above average defensive shortstop. And when we go ahead and pull up the rankings here, don't come after a stats guy if you don't have the numbers correct. Just being real. Uh, I, I don't see where that 17th out of 22. We don't use fielding percentage anymore, just as a heads up. Fielding percentage is a flawed metric. It does not give you credit for how many more baseballs you get to as opposed to the rest of the league. Among qualified shortstops, Willie Adamas is also 7th in defensive runs saved out of 22 qualified shortstops. So I don't know where that's coming from. I'm agreeing on the offense. I'm going to 100% vehemently disagree on the defense take. Okay, I'm glad we could see eye to eye there. Now let's hear from the manager, Craig Council. Yeah, I mean, I thought, um, you know, a good first step for Woody for sure. Um, you know, I think there's 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 lot to be happy about there. It probably wasn't, you know, kind of mid-season form with some small things, but. Um, you know, he felt good, um, got good results, and uh, keep keep moving forward. Big picture with having him and, and Corbin back. What does that do for your outlook over the last couple of months here? Well, I think we just, you know, this is a, you know, we're as close to a rotation that we probably set out on in the off season, you know, as we've been at any point this year. So, or since the first two weeks of the year. So that's, that's a good sign. And, um, you know, we know what those guys, what Woody's accomplished. And so adding an arm like that, uh, every fifth day, um, is significant. What was it about today? Yeah. I mean, I thought, you know, as the game got going, he just hit the fastball and the off speed, just, he, he just made a ton of pitches. So the off speed was really good and, and got us off his fastball. And he, and he, the mix pitch mix was really good. The location was really good. Um, you know, there wasn't first inning. We had some balls hard. It felt like, and then after that, he was, he was really dialed in. Craig, on the, the Contreras going to third play, do you like the aggression there? Or would you rather keep the offense? Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it's, you know, losing, it's never good to make, you know, that out. But, um, you know, close play, We, you know, like we talked about last night, base running's risk, and, and we got thrown out. 
What do you think of the, the just the at bats overall for you guys? Um, Oviedo aside, like, yeah, I just, I just, I just described it. I think did, pretty did, good. Did you like the like the at bats on your side of things? Well, I think the other guys did a good job, and that makes it tough on our at bats. Yeah, that that that, that kind of explains everything right there, right? <laughs> Sorry, Kurt Hogue. <laughs> Man, I think it was a, a loss in translation moment, but it was also correct counsel not throwing his players under the bus saying, hey, were there at-bats I wasn't happy with? Absolutely. But him not outwardly saying that to the press. He's not going to do that. He's not going to throw his players under the bus like that. So I tip my cap to you, Counts, for that. Uh, I want to remind you that Brews Extra Innings is brought to you in part by Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Their sale is extended. You can get up to $1,000 off a Daikin furnace or AC unit through the end of the month. Financing is available. Schedule your appointment today at Cider, S-E-I-D-E-R.com. Cider, heating, plumbing, and electrical. Families helping families since 1912. Uh, well, we don't have highlights from this one, but we're going to talk about the Central. We're going to talk about the playoffs and what's to come for the Brewers as we get ready for the Rockies to come to town. That's up next on Brewers Extra Innings. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. You know, this is normally the time we're talking about highlights. <laughs> well, when a 4-1 to game of the only run you scored was on an error in the uh, bottom of the ninth inning, there aren't many highlights, and I don't think many people want to relive that one. So I'm just going to look ahead here. We're going to look forward. There are rearview mirrors on the car for safety, but we are looking out the windshield because that is the biggest uh, window we've got on our car. We're looking forward, okay? Colorado Rockies coming to town. 6-10 tomorrow, or excuse me, 7-10 tomorrow, 7-10 on Tuesday, 1-10 on Wednesday to finish up this homestand. Brewers looking for some revenge after they got swept by them back in May when the Brewers were playing their worst baseball of the year. Uh, coming off of this split and a series loss against the Nats, they now haven't won a series uh, in a week since those Reds. They would like to get things back on track against Colorado, then head down to the south side to take on the White Sox. Then things get real fast. The Dodgers in L.A. for some late-night baseball. Don't worry. I'll be with you. We'll be ready to go for that. And then on Wednesday and Thursday, we'll be with you ready to go. And then the Rangers, first-place team. You'll probably see Max Scherzer in there. Uh, They're going to be a tough matchup with their high-flying offense. Then you come home from Minnesota. They're still in the thick of an uh, AL Central race as poorly as their offense has gone. And also... San Diego, they're suddenly on the edges of the uh, wild card race, too. So those games are going to be important. And then, boom, it gets real again. The Cubs and the Phillies. You'll go to Wrigley and come right back home for the Phillies. So here comes another few weeks where the Brewers have to get things going in the right direction ASAP because they're going to find out what they're made of real quick. And, and might I add, as I'm going to go ahead and take a peek at the schedules of the Reds and the Cubs uh, until these two teams meet again, right? So the Reds, after they got swept by the Nats today, they've lost six in a row. They get a series with Miami. They'll go to Pittsburgh. They'll come back home for Cleveland in their battle for Ohio. They'll be home for Toronto. Then they go on a big 10-day West Coast trip. Angels, Diamondbacks, Giants. And that trip is really going to decide their standing for the wild card race because they need to make sure they maintain those tiebreakers that they currently hold over the Diamondbacks and the Giants. Then they come home for the Cubs, the Mariners, and the Cardinals. So th- this is their stretch. This is their season right there because they end, actually, the uh, the Mariners will be the last team they face this year that will finish above 500. Their last few series will be the Cardinals, the Tigers, the Mets. Well, the Twins, I should throw them in there, but you never know in the AL Central. Uh, the Pirates, 
the Guardians, and the Cardinals. So the Reds still have an easy finish. Keep an eye on that. And as for the Cubs' schedule, coming up next, they'll be heading to the Mets, and they are completely torn down. They are not very good anymore. Uh, Then they go to the Blue Jays. Tough team. They're in it. Home for the Crosstown rivalry uh, for Chicago. They'll be at Wrigley. They host the Royals. They're not that great right now. They go to Detroit. They're not that great right now. They go to Pittsburgh. Well, can't say anything now. And then they're here, and then they host the Milwaukee Brewers. So they're in a good little stretch of teams that they think that they can play better than. So take it day by day, 49 to go. Just win more than the other team. I don't care how. Just win. Just win. Just win. That's what I said on the pregame show. Just win. Just win. Just win. Okay. Let's wrap up the show up next with a quick little thank you and move on with this. Uh, as they're getting ready for the American Legion All-Star Game, the Wisconsin chapter here uh, is uh, all getting ready to play. So stay with us. This is Brewers Extra Innings. You're listening to Brewers Extra Innings, presented by Fifth Third Bank on WTMJ. All right, let's wrap up the program. Let me just, I'm, I'm doing this live right now. I'm writing out a lineup of what, I think the Brewers should look like, and who cares what I think, right? But this is just a a thought exercise right now. Let's say they're facing your standard right-handed pitcher. Telez is back in the order this weekend, and we don't know how healthy he'll be to play defense yet. So let's go ahead and say that he's going to be your DH. But I'm just, I'm writing it out right now, and I've made a few changes, a little bit different maybe than what you would uh, expect me to do for the uh, lineup here. So as I'm typing it out, I just want to make sure I type it out before I actually say it out loud so I don't forget any positions or do anything wrong. Um, Let's go ahead and do this like this. Okay, here's the first change I'm going to make. I'm going to put Sal Freelick in the leadoff spot. Why? Because I want Christian Yelich batting third. I want a guy that has been getting on base a lot in Sal Freelick and then another guy behind him, Contreras, continues to get hits. Imagine the speed. I mean, you've got Yelich... This lengthens your order as opposed to having Freelick bat fifth. I'd rather have Freelick bat first, be that on-base nasty at-bat to start the game, Contreras get him over, Yelich drive them in sort of thing. Santana batting cleanup so that switch hitter can break up the lefty-lefty with Yelich batting third, Telez batting fifth if he comes back as the DH. Andrew Monasterio would bat sixth as my third baseman. I would put Bryce Terang batting seventh because we know how much the Brewers love to do that righty-lefty. Terang would bat seventh, then I'd put Willie eighth, then I'd put Weimer ninth. That's what I would do. But who cares what I think? That's just what I would do. Freelick leading off, Contreras batting second, Yelich batting third, Santana cleanup at first base, Rowdy batting fifth at DH, Monasterio batting sixth at third, Terang batting seventh at second, Adamas batting eighth at short, Weimer batting ninth in center. And if somebody starts tearing the cover off the ball, you adjust from there. But that's what I would do. I'm just a guy. I don't know. I I appreciate everyone's honesty. And if you're listening this far, thank you. You're a true fan. I appreciate you. You're a big Brewers fan. You've been listening to me all season long. If you're new here, welcome. I try to always have a glass half full uh, thought mentality. There's a lot of hate on Twitter. Rise above it. I get paid to talk about baseball, and it's the best job on the planet. And I'm grateful for every single one of you. So thank you. I know the weekend was frustrating, but there's another one tomorrow, and there's 49 games to go. It's not football season yet, y'all. This Brewers finish of the season is why you're a fan. It's going to get your blood pumping. It's going to entertain you. It's going to crush you. But yet, you're going to be right, right, right back here getting ready to support this crew when they make it to the postseason. And man, how much fun would it be to make it to the postseason. 
49 to go. Let's have some fun. Let's do it. All right. My thanks to Craig Kishan for joining us here today on a uh, venting session here on Brewers Weekly or uh, Brewers Extra Innings. Remember, we got Brewers Weekly this week on Thursday night for the off day. And then also, you can always catch these in podcast form on Brewers All Access wherever you get your podcasts. My thanks to our producer, Evan Wittalison. I'm Dominic Catronio. Good night for American Family Field. Right back here tomorrow against the Rockies. Until then, keep on swinging.